Okay. Are we back? We're back. We're back. We gotta figure out a way to like record like eight episodes back to back. Because if we do that, then we've got a month's worth of episodes. Because otherwise, what ends up happening is we record two weeks worth of episodes, yeah. and then we don't see each other for a while. And now, when we started out, we did the mobile ones, but cont- I don't think I don't think quality was as good. Yeah, I think doing them live is better for a lot of reasons. Also, um, this just tastes like too hearted. No wonder it's their flagship. It's too hard. Their rendition of Too Hard, which is good. I mean, the Too Hard guy, is the best IPA that exists. No, what's it this place? No, it might be Gray Line. Gray Line is right down the street. Okay. Their guy was the brewmaster at Founders. Oh. But it might be Mitten as well. Uh, what are they, what's the German term they use for it? That if you're really into, if you're really into brewing, yeah, they got all these names, man. They got. The Brewmeister or something? Yeah, probably. My boss, I had a boss, and he would refer. He's like, my dream job. I was like, what is your dream job, Adam? He's like, to be a Brewmeister. It's not honestly. He's like, it's not hard. Like that's one field in which you just like put in your forty hours a week, and you will be successful. Yeah. Because you've got your product is addictive. Yeah. Okay. So you don't have to work to sell it. You don't have to work to resell it. Nope. Huge profit margin from when you go from ingredients to yeah. now the ingredients obviously are costing more and more. Right. However, the ingredients to what people pay for your product is astronomical. So not not a hard way to make money. Tom is calling me. Take the call, man. Hey there, brother. <laughs> Put it on speaker. Set it right here. Put it on speaker. Hey, Tom, I'm going to put you on speaker so don't say anything too inappropriate. Are you there? I'm here. What's up? Um, I'm in Grand Rapids. I'm hanging out with Ben. We're doing some sods. Doing some what? Doing some... We're doing some sods. Some road sods. Road sod. Nice. I was wondering. I thought I saw you had lunch with mom, so... Yeah, I had lunch with mom. And, uh... Then, um, then uh, we're doing some sods and hanging out. You want to come hang out with us, dude? We're at the mitten. Where are you guys at? We're at the mitten on the west side. Where are you at? I am driving uh, to mom and dad's from uh, Ionia. Oh wow! You're taking a look at that job, that metal roof. No, Alvin Bree moved some boxes. He's moving out. Oh, she is. She's trying to get close to uh, to Josh. No, her house is in Iowa. Her her job is in Iowa. Oh, okay. Josh lives in Grand Rapids, man. Oh, that's right. He owns a house there downtown Grand Rapids, doesn't he? Yep. So, um, uh, what about that van, man? You know, me like. What do you think? What if I? What if I used the van and drove it to the house in the morning so you guys could use it for work, and then at the end of the day, I take it back home again. Um, we need to move over there and get away from this music. Are you, uh, 
music's killing the vibe. Uh, say that again a little bit louder. No, do it. Right here. All right, say that again, Tom Bomb. Well, I'm supposed to be buying mom's. Uh, supposed to be buying mom's car. Um, we'll talk about it later. We'll talk. We'll talk about it later. You know. Yeah. Because yeah. you know, I have I have my own. I be, I mean, you know where I stand on the van, so but we can talk about it later. So. Yeah, I'm still, I'm still trying to figure out who's going to drive it tomorrow. John Rommel's just told me he want, needs to take tomorrow off. Oh, okay. okay. I'm going to back him with the tear-off crew. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what. We've got... We're Fire actually, we're, <laughs> we're actually... We're actually... He's actually leaving. He's moving to Pennsylvania. Fire him before he leaves. Get one over on him. <laughs> so here's the deal, Tom. <clears throat> I talked to TC about this, maybe, and TC told me that you were talking to him about this, about maybe getting a, a going away gift for John. That might be a good idea. No, I, I, I don't know if I was talking about doing that. Oh, well. like a barbecue at work. Oh, a barbecue. It'd be hard to put that. It's hard to put that together, a barbecue, but we could uh, ask all the guys. I told TC to ask all the guys. You could get all the guys to chip in and buy them, like, you know, a restaurant gift certificate or something. Yeah. Anyways, hey, you know what, Tom? Everything you say is being recorded on uh, on uh, a big screen club with Butch and Ben. Yep. You're kidding. No. No. Totally. This is all going on the so This is so. going to be on the sewed. I want you guys to know Peter Jackson is the greatest director of all time. He directed the greatest... He directed the greatest trilogy. Well, you know what? Here's the thing, Joe. Is the Batman series better than Lord of the Rings? No, it's not. It's not better. He directed the greatest uh, trilogy of all time. Christopher Nolan is not is capable, not even remotely as capable. I'm not saying capability. I'm saying the, 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 the product. Uh, no, because there's a difference in quality with Batman movies that everybody is aware of. It's not that any of them are bad movies. It's just that here's the thing. The, uh, Batman Begins is a good movie. Then The Dark Knight is a brilliant movie, right? And then The Dark Knight Rising is a good movie. Yeah, but it's not. It's not phenomenal. But Peter Jackson made three consecutive the movies of all time. Yeah, consecutively in each movie, you go back, go back, you go back and watch it, and you're it's unbelievable. And then you know he followed that up. Every other movie he's made is very, very good too. Yeah, but we're not talking about him as a director, or are we? So Tom is talking Tom's about say, it. Tom saying as a director. I remember him as a director. He also made he also made the greatest cartoon of all time. Hey, look at if they would have put if they would have put Spielberg in charge of the Lord of the Rings and given him all that, it it would have been just as good. No, nah, I don't know. I don't know. Wait, wait. What's what's the greatest cartoon of all time? Oh, Tintin. Tintin. Yeah, Tintin is. Uh, Tintin isn't. Tintin is uh, directed by Spielberg and produced by Peter Jackson. They, I, I believe they co-directed it. Well, it's well, yeah. If you're a producer, you can you can. Is uh, 
his animation company. Toy Story 2 is the greatest animated picture. You think so? Toy Story 2 is the greatest animated picture of all time. Easily. I think Toy Story 3 is better than Toy Story 2, though. And you'd be wrong. Well, Steven agrees with you. Steven says that the second one's the best. The it's the funniest. It has the most interweaving points. It's very Toy Story 3 is pretty good, and everybody was crying. Crying. And laughing. Crying doesn't make your movie good. <laughs> That's true. I mean, everybody was emotional. Everybody was getting emotional in Toy Somebody was like, I was in the theater and somebody literally stood up and was like, who's cutting onions? <laughs> Stop! <laughs> and, um, uh, I don't know, man. There's, uh, Tintin is, is really good. Yeah. Tintin's really good. Um, you know what's, you can't sleep on is a lot of these, uh, the director who made Spirited Away. Yeah, he's got all these ones from the IMDb Top 250. Those, those movies you can't sleep on. Those movies are amazing. They're amazing. Yeah. And he unpacks. The thing is that he does really well, but also they do really well in Toy Story, is uh, he unpacks very complex things about society and, and humanity and existence and all these things. But it's like a child can understand it. You know, no, yeah, like, like Pixar does a lot of hidden humor and a lot of hidden things that if you're a kid you will not understand. But in in his movies, he he makes he makes you as a child understand it. You're like, oh, that's what adulthood is, or that's why people adults do this. And he really makes he is very intelligent. It's okay, real, really, and all his I've movies, got, every single one of his movies are good. What's I've that? I've got one more question for you guys. Yeah, uh, who made the greatest remake of all time? Director, greatest remake. Who didn't mention Candidate, by the way? Was that Spielberg? No, but it was somebody good. It's a good director. Uh, um, man, I was... This, this is what's... Peter Jackson, King Kong. Oh, no, it's in the running for sure. King Kong is an amazing movie. But it's dealing with good source material. So, like, the original yeah. King Kong was, like, this huge movie. Yeah. That, like... Killed in the box office, right? And the awards, probably. Right. I don't know. Yeah. You go back and watch it. Did you know all your favorite, you know, movies? Did you know um, you've got mail? Is a remake? Yes, I did know that. Jonathan Demi. That's who. That's who it is. He does lots of, lots of good stuff. You've got mail is a great remake. You've got mail is great. It's uh, after uh, Shop Around the Corner. What is the shop? Boy, I had a friend who loves the original. With Jimmy Stewart is in the original. Oh, really? Yeah. She says it's better, a lot better than than You've Got Mail. The gay best friend is Dave Chappelle. Yeah. Yep. Chappelle. Chappelle show. Okay, so Jonathan Demi did. What Silence happened to Lamps. Meg Ryan? Dude, she just decided to rest on her laurels, man. She's she's got out of the game, dude. But the director of that is the director of. Um, uh, he did a ton of great movies. His last really good movie, though, is uh, definitely Manchurian Candidate. He did a bunch of other movies subsequently, but they're not very good. And he does a lot of look at this. He does a lot of uh, he Jonathan Demi does a lot of documentaries. Interesting. He also did Philadelphia, 
You remember Philadelphia? Yeah. Yeah, Tom Hanks. Yeah. And uh, and uh, Denzel Washington and your boy, the Hispanic guy. Uh, uh, oh, uh, Antonio Banderas. Antonio Banderas. You don't even know it's him. No. It's so... It's Antonio Banderas' best role by far. Yeah, he was meant to play a gay guy, for sure. Well, that specific, he is so funny. And the thing, the funny thing is, it's like the movie is like a woke, it's a woke movie. Super woke. From the 19, 1991, I think. Yeah, 90, 93. 1993. But it plays up all these gay stereotypes. Antonio yeah. Banderas is playing up all these gay stereotypes. So it's like very interesting that that flew in the movie. It wouldn't have flown today. I don't know because it's like they still do the in every chick flick you still have the the t- like the the gay uh, best friend who like fits all the stereotypes. Yeah, but that's not as common now. It's true. It's not as it's, common. It was like it's it still, died. It's it started to ex- die out like five, ten years ago, and now the gay best friend is not like super flamboyant. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but the gay best friend is definitely in all the movies. Mm-hmm. Certain, just like when people like to act like it's like this new thing that Hollywood is pushing. Guess what? They've been doing it for a minute. <laughs> yes. They've been pushing that yes. for a minute. Yes. They've been in that zone. Well, you know, California is a different. It's a, it's a totally different animal out there. Tom is like making extraordinary amounts of noise for somebody. Yeah, Tom, sitting. this is all going on the podcast, Tom's, and I don't know how you're making this much yeah, noise. What are you doing? You how like you're like I'm, moving I'm around? In a very, very quiet car right now. But uh, hey, uh, I'm gonna let you guys go. You don't want to interrupt the podcast. You guys should look up your most recent uh, rating and, and read that live on air. Okay. Good idea. Like, you know what? We need to do our online. We yeah. need to read our ratings anyway. So thanks for that, Thomas. Yeah, we really. All right. See you around, brother. Bye. Where's your podcast app? Uh, so just got to enter in. Big screen club should come right up usually does just do screen club and it'll come up the the your phone is so big you notice that that like it's even hard it's actually harder to press the letters yeah <laughs> that artwork is just phenomenal isn't it? yeah <laughs> we, we, are so, we look so deranged yeah we got the best artwork in the world I'm just shocked that our show is not like nationwide. I just—it it is nationwide. Sorry, it's worldwide. It's worldwide. I'm, I'm surprised that our show is not like the next, uh, uh, the next big thing in podcasting. Yeah, it's a little surprising. Uh, how do you how do you look at all the reviews? I don't oh, know. let's scroll down. This is how you do it. Scroll, scroll down. down. Yep, here, here. There. All right, uh, you want, I'll read it. <clears throat> let's go through all of them. All, all, right. all right, all right. We'll start with one at the top here. All right, so. These guys. No, read the read the. You gotta read everything. Okay, okay. This is the uh, the title is every big name in Hollywood want. 
These guys are geniuses. The Orson Welles and Stanley Kubrick of the podcast world. Peter Jackson called and said if he could do it all over again, he'd start a podcast with these two. Francis Ford Coppola hopes Butch and Ben's first children are masculine children. Martin Scorsese would trade mobster plot lines for the chance to sit down with Butch and Ben for 20 minutes. Tarantino said he would trade Samuel Jackson and DiCaprio for half the knowledge of Butch and Ben. Steven Spielberg said his podcast is so epic it makes his films look Oh, it's part of this podcast is so epic it makes his films look like a Broadway play about a guy in solitary confinement. Christopher Nolan said his this podcast is so meta he isn't even sure if he's living life in reverse, reincarnated, or just living a dream. <laughs> Nicholas Cage was invited as a guest actor on the podcast and declined. He felt his personality wouldn't show through the, across from Butch and Ben. <laughs> Ken Burns, ooh, now we're getting deep said he can't keep up with the immense flood of information coming from Butch and Ben. Tom Cruise said he, woulda, he wouldn't be able to consistently perform as an actor in the same room as Big Screen Club. Watching these guys is like watching L. Ron Hubbard at right Dianatics. Uh, <laughs> Hans Zimmer said the intro music is better than anything he's heard. NPR offered to buy the opening 30 seconds commercial for filler time on their stations across the nation. You will never hear a 20-minute review of movies alongside a review of Ben's homemade pudding in Mar... in... uh... Marg... is that Marg's? Margarita? Meringue. Meringue. Okay. Besides Ben's homemade pudding and meringues. Unless you listen to this podcast. Butch intervened, but these guys cannot be stopped. Love it. That's great. All right, here's another one. I was at my lowest... You got to read. Okay, take my breath away. I was at my lowest point. The pandemic had taken its role, and I had exhausted my podcast knowledge. I was told to give Big Screen Club a try. As I walked through the snow, I only noticed one set of footprints. That's when I realized the Big Screen Club was carrying me. <laughs> uh, awesome podcast. My source for news and entertainment. Excellent. We're, we only talk facts here. Big facts. I like to listen while I make dinner. Keeps me entertained and always come away laughing with a couple new movies to watch. There you go. There we go. That's actually a sincere that's real. <laughs> you can tell that was by somebody who actually loves us. <laughs> I, there's not very many people that actually. Well, Ben has a wife, so he, you know, he's he's loved. But I mean, I, my mother loves me, and my sisters love me, obviously. And that's literally it. Everybody else is like, I'm a utility. It's fine. In, in the words of Ricky's dad from uh, from Trailer Park Boys, way the road. <laughs> way the road, boys. <laughs> he like, like, they'll be doing something like totally ridiculous, like super ridiculous. He'll be doing, like he, like for example, he uh, acts like he's in a wheelchair to collect unemployment and then, uh, or disability. And then he, um, he's like, but he can walk. And so he's like in his, on his property, he has like a, a piece of property in a trailer park, but he doesn't have an actual trailer. He just has like a, the cab from an old semi truck that he sleeps in. And he pees in, in 
gallon milk jugs. And, and they're like, why, why are you peeing in gallon milk jugs, dude? And he's like, where the road, boys? Except <laughs> <laughs> like, he just like pee in a tree or something. <laughs> and he saves like all the gallons, you know? And he's just like, where the road? It's like, what? <laughs> Have you watched Trailer Park Boys, dude? I've seen an episode. It was funny. It was incredibly funny. Yeah. It's very, it's very brilliant. They've done reboots, right? Are you going to read more? These yeah. are, they, they keep coming. I mean, yeah. they, the, the reviews are just gold. Yeah. So. All right. Next one. Grab your popcorn. Finally, a podcast about movies that's funny and informative. If you don't like movies, then you should really question your life choices and give this podcast a listen. Expert breakdown of why Nick Cage is the greatest actor of all time and what snowmobile movie is the GOAT. You cannot get this level of analysis anywhere else. I simply cannot get enough. Dude, all reviews are five stars, by the way. And we've this, got a decent amount of reviews, too. Yeah, there you go. Pretty good. Uh, informative. I'm not a huge movie fan, but these guys make no make me want to watch more movies. They know so much about so many different genres, and listening to them talk is a lot of fun, too. Thorough plus ADHD. Never should have fired Caldwell is the name of this person. <laughs> that's their handle. Butch has some zest and knowledge that's in-depth, but totally all over the place. He covers every era, genre, and style with excitement. Oh, then there's Ben. He's all right. Ooh. <laughs> that one's getting a little personal. <laughs> oh. oh, man. All over the place. It's true, though. No, yeah. Definitely. Definitely gotten all over the place. And the road zodes. This is like a... This was a new era. Yep. A new era. The road sewed era. So. <clears throat> yeah. This is, the, this, is, this is the new era. We're just, you know, this is the way of the road. That's how we're doing road sodes. Way of the road. Way of the road, boys. So. Long story short, though, we got a lot of uh, listeners who really appreciate us, and that's great to hear. Appreciate the positive feedback and five stars from all the big screen clubbers. Yeah, definitely. I think maybe we should make like a commitment that we'll read reviews. So like, yep. If reviews make it in, we're gonna read them on air. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So like, put your reviews up there. If it's a like a one star, we're gonna read it. Oh yeah. Okay. But leave a five star. Okay. Because yeah. that <laughs> leave, helps, a, leave a five star. Yeah, helps promote the show. Even if you want to totally like wreck us, which is fine. Leave, leave a five star. Yeah, ruin us in the comments. Be like, I hate when they're eating on show. I hate when they talk about uh, uh, Tom Cruise. I hate when they mix in their religious and political opinions. I hate when they talk about sports. I hate when they get sidetracked. Say all that. I don't care. Just five star it. Yeah, just five star it. <laughs> Give it five stars. Okay. So... Yeah, dude. The thing is, is that um, Peter Jackson is a brilliant filmmaker, and he's better than than Christopher Nolan at making movies, but in telling stories. Um, but he's not the greatest ever. That's not true. He's up. He's very good, though. That was the that was the claim from Tom was the greatest director of all yeah. time. No. Yeah. I mean, 
Spielberg, just because of box office, is going to be near the top. I don't. I'm not like a huge. I'm not a Spielberg fan actually at all. Oh, really? But but he's at the top of the list, right? Yeah. And I'll watch any movie that Spielberg makes. I I think the Coen Brothers are the best mo- best probably. directors of all time. Yeah, probably. in my opinion. But uh, you know. And then the, the, the other thing is, is what's really interesting is that what happens when you start to get into film and watching a lot of movies is the first thing you do is you start to get into people with a cult cult following. Yep. So you like get into Wes Anderson or to Guy Ritchie yep. or to Christopher Nolan or um, uh, Quentin Tarantino. Quentin Tarantino is a big one. It's like people's a lot of people's yep. like first Huge introduction to like oh I'm a big Tarantino guy. He's your first intro to like alt kind of indie, but not really at all. He yeah. made one indie movie. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> but people like really think that they're they, like they they're, they're like, cutting edge. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm really in the weeds here. <laughs> like, <laughs> guess what? <laughs> Anyways, so uh, but those. Those actually, all those directors that I just named, aren't actually near the top at all. No, all those guys they do one thing really well. Yeah, Guy Ritchie does action Guy really well. Guy Ritchie is might be better than some of these guys. He might he might be underrated in fact because he he has a great ability to do action, comedy, and drama. And mix it and make it work really well. Yeah, I mean, I would say he goes under the table with the drama, but definitely. Yeah. Then you've got... um, uh, But the scene in The Gentleman where Matthew McConaughey is driving back to save his wife is quite dramatic. And he... And you're like... (gasps) I mean, your heart is in your throat. You're like, oh my goodness. Yeah, because it makes it... It is... The ethics of the whole situation... It, it puts the whole scene on a 10 out of 10. Yeah. Because the ethics of the situation. Yeah. I, I love Guy Ritchie. I, li- I like Guy Ritchie probably more than all those other guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do have a soft spot for Wes Anderson because he's all out in comedy. Yeah. Like he's just 100%. This is what I am. A yeah. comedian. I'm going. I'm trying to make you laugh. That's all he's doing. And I appreciate comedy. I think comedy is underrated. And so. But then. Um, uh, Quentin Tarantino, people love him, but I think he's the weakest. And I think he's got the most bad movies out of those people that we mentioned. Like he, he's, 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 a hard, he's more miss than any of those other guys. I'd say Wes Anderson is 100% hit. Every single one of his movies yeah, is going to be funny. They're all good. Um, uh, Guy Ritchie, he's got some bad movies, but Quentin Tarantino, it's like a 50-50. Like, he's got half of his movies are just not, I don't think, I don't think are great. But, I mean, other people love them. Yeah. Well, Reservoir Dogs is definitely overrated. And um, so is, well, The Hate Flight is just not very good. No, and not then, at all. Uh, I, I don't, uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is good. It's pretty good. I thought that was really good. No, I good. think it's really good. Um, I think Pulp Fiction, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I'm not a Jackie Brown fan, but I get why people like it. Yeah. Um, Jackie Brown has moments. It's not th- It's not a thoroughly good movie. Like, I recently rewatched Pulp Fiction, and it is just from start to finish perfect. It's hysterical, you know. And he does, you know, funny, tasteful things. Like, 
he has the scene when when Butch gets in the cab. Okay. And which is uh, what's his name's character? Bruce Willis's character. And then they do a stage cab, so they do like a fake car with like a movie screen in the background, a black and white movie screen. It's just outrageous, but it's like it just works, you know. And you know exactly, you know he he's doing that because he's trying to do like a homage to old filmmaking. Yeah. And so that's that's cute. Um, I, I like Django Unchained was really good. Django Unchained is my favorite of this. It's 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 a comedy. It's, yeah, it's very funny, and that's impressive that he's able to pull that off yeah. without being like Blazing Saddles, but like yeah. still being like really funny while dealing with an extremely delicate issue. Yeah, in in a time that it's like more delicate than ever, you know. Yeah. And he pulls that off. Glorious Bastards. A lot of people. That's his favorite. Their that's yeah. their favorite movie of his. Yeah, it's and entertaining. It's, a, it's, it's pretty the welcome. It's isn't that Christoph Waltz's first movie of his? Yeah. So that's most people's introduction to Christoph Waltz. Yeah, and he did back to back. He got back to back Academy Awards for his role in uh, that and Django. That and Django. Yeah. Um, but he's well, he's great in both. It's hard to criticize either role in the movie. No, I, yeah. either movie. They're both great. He's brilliant in both. Christoph Waltz is great. Love him. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he'd, he'd be that like Brian Cranston type guy yeah. who like this hidden gem that nobody realized how yep. great he was and yep. then all of a sudden boom and then now he's all over the place yeah because he's in the Oliver Stone one we talked about um, uh, Carnage that's not Oliver Stone that's uh, Roman Polanski but Roman yeah. Polanski yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah sorry 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 dude that's another guy who's totally hitting this is Oliver Stone though he'll make a really good movie and then he'll make the worst movie you've ever seen yeah you know? <laughs> nice. it's crazy it's <laughs> wild I don't know how he does that but he does. Well, it's, I think it's because he's trying to make a great movie. Yeah, he's always trying to make, like, the greatest movie ever. Yeah, yeah, And so then when he makes a bad one, it's, like, it's very cringe as far as how bad it is. Yeah, it's, like, really tough. I will say that Wall Street Money, Wall Street, the sequel to Wall Street, Money Never Sleeps, is, is very good. And just because it was a sequel to an iconic movie, people kind of panned it, and and it didn't, it didn't, get all the accolades and everything but it's it's actually really good it's really really good yeah it's it got and it's it was a timely it was it has a good message too it's timely does it have um uh shia labeouf in it's it it's got shia labeouf in it and carrie mulligan i think is is his love interest and, and she's like the daughter of michael michael douglas's character and so the, gordon there's gecko gordon gecko is such a good name yeah and then but they do not have charlie sheen no, he he does. He makes. Okay. He, he, he I was going to say that's a mistake if Shane doesn't make Dude, his appearance. Yeah, you don't get a guy that has the literal blood of a tiger <laughs> in your movie. You're losing. Okay, you are losing. The man has the blood of a tiger, so you can't you can't sleep on that. Okay, let's let's shut it down. Are we going to shut this one down? Yeah, definitely. Talk to you later. Good. See you. Bye. Okay. Thanks. Bye.